Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining me again. Nice to have you along. And I'm really looking forward to today's conversation with Devyani Bashampaya. Devyani is the CEO at the HR Tech Partnership, and they're innovation specialists in the people digital tech solutions area, such a massively rapidly growing area. So Devyani, thank you very much for joining me today. Great to have you along. Thank you. Thank you very much for the invite, Ben. Brilliant. Before we get going, can you just give us a little bit about your background and some of your HR career prior to the HR Tech Partnership? So uh, I guess to begin with a little uh, context, my background is I've been a senior or a group HR director. I've had a 31-year career working in very large, complex international organizations um, across a range of industries. So worked for Citibank, AT&T, then uh, BG Group, which is uh, upstream oil and gas. I was then global HR director at Rolls-Royce and then group HR director at American Eagle Tankers as well as uh, the British Standards Institute. So I think the one thing I do understand very well is the issues, challenges that HR teams face. Uh, but my interest really in the space got triggered by the fact that I could see the future. I could see AI and digital capable of playing a big part. But I also knew that HR teams had to be helped and facilitated around it. I believe the HR Tech Partnership was set up in London, right, in about 2017, and it's been very active in supporting corporates with the use of digital HR solutions. So I'm curious, what does that actually mean? How do you help HR teams and organizations explore and use digital HR solutions and HR tech? So the Innovation Hub, is, is it's a very simple concept. What we are is a bit like a marketplace, so we don't develop our own solutions, we source the solutions, but we do a very thorough assessment about what does the solution actually do from a user perspective, what problems or issues is it trying to solve, but also uh, quality, technology, as well as issues such as scalability, language. And so based on that, we now have a portfolio of a couple of hundred vetted AI digital solutions. But the interesting thing is these are not around your traditional process efficiency areas such as recruitment or payroll. These are more around leadership, culture, employee engagement, uh, DNI, wellness, whether it's physical, mental, financial, or uh, feedback, coaching, mentoring. I mean, all the areas which are probably still quite soft, touchy-feely, have been very traditionally very human-centric, people-centric. And our belief is it still needs the human interface, but as a first step, there are some great solutions that can help corporates and HR teams manage this, particularly given the changes over the last uh, couple of years around the pandemic. Sure. So was that a, a difficult decision to make to focus on uh, I don't know, what would you call them, newer areas, or you said touchy-feely or softer areas of the HR spectrum, but um, was that a difficult transition or decision to make? Uh, yes and no. I think, you know, I've always believed in doing what I believe, you know, interests me uh, in being a little innovative. So I think from that perspective, it wasn't, but 
obviously i think uh, when we started there was a fairly big challenge and it still continues to be a challenge about people's bias and perception about ai about them not really understanding how can ai be used for people management that's a that's that's a very different space so you know if you are early uh, adopters of something there is always the challenge of getting getting people to understand what you do uh, but like i said i think the last two years has almost proved the, our hypothesis right that the big changes happening to the workplace hr has to really rethink about a number of things and digital will play a big part around it got it so i believe you've got a four month program can you tell us a little bit about what is involved in that program right our starting point really is what are your, what are your, what is your people challenge what are the issues you have um and typically i think we sit with either the business leader leadership team but who often bring hr in or the hr senior leadership team and i think trying to link to say okay what's your hr strategy but also from a people perspective what are some of the challenges you have and they often highlight two or three areas it could be you know now how do we support managers how do we improve capability or dnr how do we improve or reduce bias in what we do etc or it could be upskilling training so i think having understood that we then put together a portfolio of four or five solutions that we think would be suitable for them and again our business model is we charge the client we don't charge the solution providers so we can be very objective and unbiased and do what's right for the client rather than pushing forward something that we're going to get a payback from yeah and then the next step for the client is you know so we bring it to life we show a video we show a couple of slides we 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 go through a case study that with with the previous client who've used the solution and through that i think the team starts getting a much better understanding of how the solutions how they different from regular tech but really also how does it work and then following that the next step is to help them do a proper pilot now this often is a 3 to 5 month process because as part of the pilot we support them around firstly you know which team which function but who are the key stakeholders who need to be brought in what do the measures of success look like but also schedule a regular review meetings and and, and through this process i think the hr teams or, or corporates feel they're being handheld all along the way um and then at the end of the pilot i guess the thing is to understand and see has the solution really done what it said it would do uh, how have your own employees adopted it because ultimately these are very culture specific issues and different organizations could have different employee profiles different comfort level with technology so the whole thing is is this something that your organization feels ready for but equally i think a big part of ai is about understanding that data has a lot of power but equally hr leaders now need to be far more cognizant about data privacy uh, about employees accepting what is being done so i think the pilot is a very safe way for them to try something out without feeling the need to make big decisions around spend about rollout uh, it's like a try before you buy approach got it and can you clarify in terms of that pilot program what's involved uh, for is it implementation and you know connecting the the IT together or is it around comms plans which sort of way does it go i think it's a bit of everything uh, we do need 
uh, a project manager from the organization who will bring things together. But I think the key stakeholders have to involve IT, data. A lot of organizations now have a separate data team. Uh, it includes a big part of it is comms because it's not about rolling out a solution. So let me give you an example. Recently, we did uh, help an organization pilot a mental wellness, uh, uh, you know, kind of app and solution, which does three things: assessment, but it also helps employees with information resources, and then if things get worse, it can help them connect to a therapist directly. And of course, the advantage is the employee has a lot of almost privacy in, in getting support rather than reaching out to HR, reaching out to third-party supplier. But I think it also can feel a bit threatening. It could feel, oh my gosh, the organization is trying to spy on me. And so a big part of this is first uh, the comms approach. And so what the solution provided it is, did a series of workshops on overall wellness for the target population, uh, you know, and brought them so slowly up to speed with what the solution could do. And then kind of it, the pilot rollout was done. So yes, I think it's a mix of uh, infrastructure, the right stakeholders, project management, comms, uh, and, and also I think a big role that we play is to help the team stay focused on completing the pilot because often HR teams get distracted, there are other things that could come up. So just making sure that end to end we are there to facilitate things both for the organization as well as well as for the solution provider. Got it. I think it's amazing. I've got a few different things I wanted to know about, particularly such as what are the main issues that people come to you for to resolve, whether that's, you know, D, E and I or wellness and other areas. But but I'm also curious around the concept of the pilot. Do any organizations and the leaders within and maybe the staff as well feel nervous or apprehensive about going down the path? to set up and implement and do all the comms plans and workshops for some software that they may end up removing? Uh, I think that, you know, the whole idea of the pilot as an offering is precisely because, yes, there is some nervousness about using these solutions, but this is a safe way for them to do it. It's a small, safe way. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you spoke about setup. I mean, the thing about these solutions is the setup is really a matter of almost uh, not hours, not weeks, not yeah, days, yeah. because it's a very, it's just often a simple email login. So you're not talking about a big complicated process to set things up and to dismantle it. It's really, I mean, I think all of us are used to using apps and we all know how easy it is to use it. This is an extension of that. So uh, again, the emphasis is to say, I guess, you know, you can't resist this anymore. I think digital is is the way forward. But we do understand it can feel daunting, it can feel difficult. And so start small, start in, in, in where you can be supported in a safe way, and then decide what pace you want to take things forward. Yeah. And also, I was just thinking from my experience in, in sort of international companies, they would often prefer to do a pilot in a standalone location or a particular country or even a business unit before thinking about rolling it across the global corporation or the national corporation. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, to take the same example of the mental wellness, uh, you know, it, this was an international business. Uh, I, given that it was in English, they did feel 
doing a pilot with an English speaking population would first be good rather than trying to roll it out to the French speaking, German speaking people where again nuances could be different. So again, it, it's, it's all about, you know, deciding but not hesitating too much and taking the first step about trying it out. Yeah, that makes sense. So as I mentioned earlier, are there any particular areas that sort of come to the fore and get asked about more often, whether it is wellness, diversity and inclusion or some other thing? Are you sort of seeing any 80-20 rules appearing? Um, I think broadly, so, uh, yeah, I think the, during the pandemic, clearly wellness jumped up quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think now if I were to highlight the top three areas that we're seeing a lot more interest around, um, the first is uh, lead culture, culture and employee engagement, because I think a big challenge uh, for most organizations now is, you know, a hybrid workplace is here to stay. People are, you know, they may come to the office two or three days a week, but I, it's not necessarily true that the whole team will be together all the time. And so I think one challenge is how do you continue to keep employees engaged? How do you make sure that the culture, the values that you have is truly still getting embedded and you're not losing out on it? But equally, I think a lot of organizations are going through change transformation. Often they have a slightly different behavior. So how do you get mindset change? How do you help employees adopt uh, new behaviors needed? And then again, I guess from a senior leadership board perspective, and I'm, I'm, on, I'm a net on a couple of boards, uh, increasingly, boards and senior leaders want to see more data around culture. It's no longer enough to have qualitative inputs. It's no longer enough to do a survey once a year or twice a year. I think the need is for ongoing real-time insights into culture and leadership and engagement. So I think that's that's the first area that we're seeing a lot more uh, interest around. Sorry, I'm sure there are listeners listening to this and, and so you've got to ask Deviani about that point you just made around the boards wanting to see more data on culture. What, what are examples of, of what the board wants to see? I think, uh, for example, you know, increasingly the need is to have more collaboration in the organization. How do you capture that? Uh, or it could be just, just purely a sense of belonging and engagement, or it could be productivity. I think those are some of the things, uh, inclusion, again, DNI means having a more inclusive environment. Uh, how do senior leaders in the board get some comfort that it's not just initiatives, but it's getting translated into actual change uh, at the workplace? Purpose is another big one. I think yeah. uh, increasingly organization purpose. Uh, again, how do you measure that? That's quite intangible, isn't it? So. Absolutely. So just going back to your question then, the second area that we're seeing a lot of interest is how do you uh, help line manager capability? Because again, what the pandemic has done is, you know, it is managers have to learn to manage remotely now and the biggest stress is often on first line managers or middle level managers who have larger teams and traditionally organizations haven't invested as much in them you know the investment has gone more into senior leaders or high potentials and it's assumed that middle managers yeah. uh, probably can get along and 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 just just uh, you know be effective but i do think there's an understanding that there's it's difficult for them, they need to be supported, but budgets are still limited. And so if you do have solutions that can help with feedback, with coaching, with mentoring, uh, with performance on an ongoing basis, uh, I think all those are areas that we're seeing a lot more interest around. 
And then finally, I think the third big area is DNI. Uh, it is about uh, how do you reduce bias uh, in your talent acquisition process? How do you source new talent pools? But equally, you know, whether it's a language analyzer to make sure your ads uh, reflect. And then once the employee comes in, if there's any rapid upskilling needed, if you need to have reverse mentoring or some more support available, I think there's, there's a range of good solutions there. Excellent, excellent. And, and just to your point around the development needs for the frontline leaders or the, the first level of leadership, I, I just had a little flashback. <laughs> I'm always thinking back little memory lanes, but um, to this large, it was an international manufacturing business, but I was uh, working with a team there and they had a supervisor who'd been promoted from a, an operator. Um, uh, but his nickname behind his back was Darth Vader, which kind of showed maybe there was some selection issues or development issues and needs there. So yeah, I completely agree. I asked about the 80-20 in terms of the issues that you see rising uh, and the need for putting some sort of solution in place. What about the solutions themselves? There are hundreds of different HR software options out there. Do you find that if you're asked, can you help us with a pilot to choose a, a solution for D&I or wellness, that even though there are so many options out there, that a few keep cropping up and appearing as to being the main front runners? Yeah, so I think, again, what we do is we, we pre-approve. And so the, so the ones who are part of a hub program are the ones that we would recommend. Yes, there's a lot in the market, and therefore the team does spend a fair amount of time then looking at what's there. But the process of vetting ensures that there's a good, firstly, that there is an element of quality, there is an element of a track record, but equally, there's a good understanding of what is the solution really try and do and help with. Uh, equally, I think because our clients are mid to large corporates, uh, a few other things become important. Uh, scalability is important, you know, and, and, and so you have to have a solution that's capable of doing that. Language capability is important because it, the, the business could have operations in quite a few different countries and eventually after the pilot, what they're really, really looking for is can we then use this across the organization. So, uh, so yes, there may be a lot in the market, but effectively the pool of vetted solutions is still not that large because of the stringent vetting criteria that we have in place. Sure. And if someone leading an HR tech business is listening to this and they're thinking, well, I know you said you don't really focus at the, you know, the operational side, but imagine that they are in a category where there's a workday equivalent yeah. and they're thinking, why would we even enter ourselves as a, a, a onto the panel or however it's described? Why even bother if there's a, a work type that's got it all? What, what would be your advice to those HR tech companies? So firstly, I think most of our clients typically have a work day or an equivalent or an HRI. So this is in no way meant to replicate things that that good HRIs do. But the reality is that a good HRI still focuses more on process efficiency and process completion. What it rarely does, even if you look at a work day, what it can't really do is support managers around coaching, support employees around mental well-being, uh, you know, um, help upskilling in a very different kind of way. So I think these are meant to complement what a workday or a big HRIs would do. It's not meant to supplement it. Got it. And if there's a, an industry leader, a, a, you know, the 800-pound gorilla, as they say, in their particular category, what would be your advice to the other ones who are not that 
leader in that particular segment. For instance, if it's a wellness uh, HR tech platform or a diversity inclusion platform, what would be your advice? Should they be trying to segment, focus on different aspects of the industry or perhaps have a different focus in what they offer? What would be your advice to those ones? You mean to say in terms of client acquisition? Yeah, yeah, how to position their own business. Growth and client acquisition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, it really depends on the solution and what it's trying to do. And I think the, on the, well, I guess it's both a plus and a minus, you know, any HR solution technically could appeal to a whole range of uh, sectors, uh, kinds of organizations, uh, geographies. But equally, I think, unless there's a focus on what's your core strength, uh, it, it often gets difficult. So it's difficult for me to, to kind of say, but I, again, I think where we come in is we do a lot of the pre-work that often solutions struggle with. How do you find a client? How do you get them interested? How do you get a chance to at least demo what you're doing in front of them? So uh, probably I would say partnerships is the way, you know, in general, I think for most, for my advice to any commercial organization is partnerships is the way to go forward, whether it is with them whether it's allied service providers you know the more you do that that's a different strategy to to just try to go it alone yeah and what do you mean by partnership so co-promotion co-marketing or something more um yes i think it it is co-promotion and co-marketing but for example in our case uh you know we we have used the partnership route so firstly we do have uh, direct clients that in-house HR teams, senior teams whom we work with, and and so that's a direct interface. But it, but in addition to that, we have really two other kind of almost routes to route to markets uh, via partnerships. The first is partnering with consultancies. Now this could be human capital consultancies, or the second category we work with is change and transformation consultancies, who often work on organization design, restructuring, capability change. Um, and so I think what we offer is, again, for them, their core service is not impacted because it's really, we don't, we don't do any consulting. Our, our only offering is, is the solutions. But once the client figures out this is what they need to do differently, I think the consultancy could add value to them by saying, here is a way now you can actually start embedding some of the change that we recommended. So I think that's one, one kind of partnerships we look at. And the second kind of partnership is really with uh, HR service firms. Uh, And currently we're really working with two kinds, again, to be focused, I mean, there's a whole range, but uh, I think the one type is coaching, because again, coaching, the need for coaching has gone up. Traditionally, it's face-to-face, it's expensive. And what we are finding, for example, we're working with a big coaching firm who's got a large pool of very senior coaches, and, and I think as far as the senior leadership goes, obviously that's not going to change. They're going to still use them. But additionally now, there could be first-line managers. There could be a whole range of other uh, employee profiles who need to be coached where the budget could be far more limited. And the coaching firm could then work with us to leverage one of our solutions to do that. But the big advantage for them in the process is, A, they stay embedded within the organization. But most importantly, they also get feedback via the data analytics that the solution has on some of the change that that they are trying to drive through. And what better credibility can they have with the client if they can demonstrate the, the impact of the coaching, not just in terms of the program, but in terms of their ongoing uh, capability within the organization. Brilliant. And just to close that off, 
for the HR software, the tech companies, how can they get into partnerships or onto that sort of panel of providers for, for your organization? So um, I guess firstly, we do have a website and we have a different page for people, for, you know, uh, solutions that want to uh, partner with us as far as the hub goes. So you could have a look at that, which will give you some more information on, you know, how do you do it, why do you do it, etc. But equally, you could write uh, to funding at hrtechpartnership.com. Brilliant. And then for the HR teams, the human capital teams themselves within organizations, just to be clear for them, why would you say that they should work with the HR tech partnership rather than try and do it themselves? Well, as I said, I think uh, very happy if they want to do it themselves. But the reality is this, you know, HR teams really have a lot more, uh, the, the demands of the time are really going up. I mean, the, the pace of change within the business, uh, but also the focus, let's say, on now how do you make hybrid working work or DNI? I think they have a lot on their plate. So we often find that this is something, and yet the option of not looking at digital is no longer there because, in fact, I think McKinsey did recently did research that since the pandemic, 85% of business leaders have stepped up their digital efforts in a significant way. Right. But the other big thing is employee experience. Again, Today, employee experience ranks amongst the top three things that HR teams are looking at. So I think a combination of this means that AI digital solutions can be very effective. But this, as I said, it's very difficult for HR teams to kind of dedicate the time to look for these solutions, to see who's good, to, you know, very few of them will agree to a pilot. They do it often because they're part of a hub program. So it's a question of time eventually, time and and of course some skill and expertise needed, which I think HR teams still don't have a large proportion of digital capability in house. Brilliant. Now, Devyani, you've you've had such an amazing career, you've accomplished so much, and then the, what you've done with the HR Tech Partnership is amazing. And already I can tell you've got such interesting perspectives on what's happening. So can I ask you to share your thoughts on what's coming down the line or what changes people might expect in terms of HR or the world of work itself? Well, firstly, I think this is a great time to be in HR. You know, I, I sometimes I do wish, oh, if this change had happened five years earlier when yeah. I was still in a role, that would be great. Because today the reality is HR really has a seat at the table. Uh, I think business leaders understand and realize that uh, the future of work is changing very rapidly, whether it is a requirement of a hybrid workplace, whether it's a different set of capabilities needed, a different set of leadership skills needed in the, in the leadership. So I think there is a great opportunity for HR to contribute, but it also needs HR to think a little bit differently and to reprioritize what they would have normally done. And uh, I think unless they look at leveraging digital capability to support them they're missing out on an opportunity there yeah. yeah absolutely so Devyani, for people listening to this whether they are hr teams organizations or tech providers themselves or perhaps even consulting firms if they want to learn more about you and about the hr tech partnership what should they do next uh, so firstly feel free to write to me it's Devyani, which is d-e-v-y-a-n-i at hrtechpartnership.com or else uh, there's the website, you know, obviously you can have a look at that. Uh, but as I said, feel free to connect with me either on LinkedIn or via the email address. Brilliant. So if you're listening to this on the go, we'll have the uh, email and the website and also Devyani's LinkedIn address on, in the show notes. So thank you. Devyani, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed our chat and, and this, yeah, as you say, there's so much coming down the line. It's such an exciting time to be in HR. So thank you for sharing your thoughts today. 
Well, thank you very much, Ben. Gosh, time has really flown by, isn't it? I didn't realize it's already half an hour. So thank you for the invite. Thanks. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.